Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. for Batter Up, the definitive Atlanta Braves podcast with host Joe Patrick and Caleb Johnson, giving you exclusive insight into our Braves from Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Here's Joe and Caleb. Welcome into Batter Up. It's the week of Tuesday, May 25th. I'm Caleb Johnson here with my co-host Joe Patrick. Joe, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Caleb. I need so we always talk about this, but you know we just the Braves just came off this series against Pittsburgh, which we're gonna dive all into. We can't get too excited about this. If we get too excited, the Braves are gonna start tanking again in the standings, losing ugly games. Bullpen's gonna blow leads, so we need to we need to be measured with our criticism. You know, really be harsh on these guys so that the team continues to win. That's clearly the way that this season is going. Yeah, and I I honestly don't think it's too difficult to be critical, um, but it is more so difficult to be critical on a week like this because of the latest results. The Braves are... Here's where we can be critical. The Braves' record as it stands right now, 23 and 24, okay? They are not at 500 yet. Uh, They are second in the National League East, positive things they Mm -hmm. are four and two since the last time we came on to talk about them which all seems like positive things however there are plenty of things that just really still don't impress me about this team and make i i will continue to say that the atlanta braves are an average baseball team right now Based on yeah, there, there's the hot take, even though it's it, it shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah. but it, it's absolutely what it is. Because what are we so excited over right now, Joe Patrick? Wins against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Okay, <laughs> no, Pittsburgh Pirates aren't. Uh, they aren't winning any World Series anytime soon. Okay, they are an average team, below average team. And the Braves pulled out three wins over them. I was telling Andy and Randy yesterday, it's like going to the doctor, playing the playing the playing Pittsburgh is like going to the doctor, you know, just like getting right when whatever whatever's ailing you at the time, which in yeah. this case was the Braves, you know, the middle of their order with Ozzy Albies and Marcelo Zuna and Dansby Swanson. Uh on it, like that was kind of the the most beneficial part of the series was you know obviously you just want to score runs in general but for those players specifically to be such big contributors to the success that the team had honestly I I do think it is important like I I think that it will help those guys probably you know gain some confidence especially Dansby who's really really struggled I mean and and it's 
really telling that he's like one of the league leaders in strikeouts. He might be the league leader. Um, yeah. And which is not like him, you know, I mean, not that he's not not like an anti strikeout guy, but it's just like very odd that he would be that high up. And I think it's indicative of him just going through a lot in his head at the plate so far this year. And I know that, you know, I think Chipper Jones has talked about this with uh, some national writers. I can't remember if it was like Mark Bowman or Dave O'Brien, but just talking about how he's, you know, really honed in on mechanical things and stuff like that and maybe not swinging as freely and just feeling as free at the plate. And so hopefully a series like this can allow him to do that. And, you know, again, and Ozzy Albee's same sort of thing. And thank goodness he got to hit from the right hand from the right side a little bit this series to get him um get him some confidence going there so you know it was a good series uh, and and honestly it was like pretty devastating when they lost that first game whereas like because you, i think we were all kind of banking on either a sweep of the pirates or winning at least 3 out of 4 like that was kind of the minimum and then they lose the opening game of that series and it was like, then you have no confidence that they're going to go win three straight, even though it is against the Pirates. But, you know, credit to them for just kind of rebounding. And I think it was they had the 20-run game. Yeah, the, after after they lost the Pirates in that first game, they had the 20-run um, slugfest the next night, which I think really helped. But I would also say, you know, I've been talking about the hitters, but, you know, the pitching has showed up, too. Yeah, you know, I mean... Again, it's the Pirates. You got that's kind of the caveat here, but you know you got good starting pitching performances um, through most of the series. So um, you know that's what the Braves needed right now. I think it's funny that you you start off by talking about the fact that going to play the Pirates is like going to the doctor. I in my brain, I kind of went car mode where I was like, they're like a tune up. You know, mm, you're just yeah. Yep. It, it's a it's a time to just kind of tweak everything and get everything looking, you know, nice and and running smooth before you actually go face uh some competition that always, will the transmission fluid. They always yeah. want to change your transmission fluids. Like no, no yeah, yeah. Top yeah, off no. yeah, get the oil, top off the the the, the windshield cleaning solution yeah. thing, you know, just feeling in tip-top shape. <laughs> yeah, you know, get it, getting that fuel efficiency just right, which it does yeah. seem like the Braves have kind of used but I, what I will say is is that going into this series, there was no guarantees that the Braves were actually going to do this. And you talk about the Braves losing that game one in the 10th inning to the Pirates, where it was kind of that moment coming off of Ronald Acuna's walk-off against the Mets. You had this feeling of like, here we go again, you know, one step forward, two steps back mm-hmm. kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And be, and the fact that there was no, there was no guarantee, or there was no sense of like, oh yeah, the Braves should really sweep this series or get three out of four. It was like, I really hope. It's like they the, need to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they they need to for the sake of their record, for the sake of team morale, all of these these you know outlying factors that weren't where you expect the. Braves to be and it it feels like it's funny every time I turn on our radio station 92.9 and I listen to somebody talk about the Braves uh, I hear people talking about this just isn't what this team is supposed to you know this isn't where this team is supposed to be this isn't how this team is supposed to look and I mean they're 100% right but we are living in reality where these are the circumstances we've been presented and it's funny when you see a game where the Braves score 20 runs and look incredible, and I go, 
yeah, but this team still has offensive problems. Like mm-hmm. it's you mm-hmm. know it's it's weird. And and I I think I even tweeted about it after the game where it was like it's going to be hard to convince people that this team still does have offensive problems. I mean, you've got a scenario where you know you're right, Ozzy Albies in that 20 run game. He hits a home run from both sides of the plate. That's incredible. There are seven home runs hit in that game. Two grand slams. Like, it's just absolutely insane. But then go look at those guys' batting average. Go look at Dan Swanson's batting average. Go look at Ozzy Albee's batting average. It's so ugly. Go look at Freddie Freeman's batting average, who is a guy that I feel like we've just stopped talking about because it's not worth wasting our breath because it's just like... Dude's kind of inconsistent and not really hitting well, but yeah. Oh well, I you know I, I don't know what to say. Like, <laughs> it, it's so weird because uh, yeah, you're totally right. I mean, like when you look at the numbers, like the top line numbers on these guys, like I feel almost all of them except for Ronald Acuna and uh, and uh, Austin Riley, and I guess you would say uh, William Contreras as well. Uh, outside of those guys, it seems like all every guy in the lineup has at least had some portion of the season, if not most of the season, going through a real, real dry, dry you know, this has been, just been a real struggle for those guys. Um, You know, it's really interesting. I'm just kind of looking right now at the schedule of, you know, these games that the that the Braves have played recently. So they're six and they've won six of their last 10 of the four losses. They've all come by one run or two runs. Now, granted, one of those was a 9-10 loss, the Brewers, where they really were getting blown out for most of it yeah. and had a crazy comeback at the end. So that's kind yeah. of a, a little, you know, that's maybe an outlier there. But I do think it does speak to to something that Brian Snicker was talking about. And, you know, the the, the one-run losses, the two, the close losses are 4-6, 3-4, And that's where, like, Brian Snicker is talking about, you know, a lot of the criticism that's been levied on the bullpen so far this season for the, the leads they've blown. And, you know, the the record that this team has in extra innings, the record that this team has, you know, when they're, they're tied after eight innings, um, which I think they've only won one game, I want to say, or maybe none, something like that. It's crazy. Um, but a lot of that comes down to the fact that the Braves just aren't scoring runs on a consistent basis. So, like, you're when you're in those situations, the bullpen is obviously going to get, you know, the the spotlight of the or the majority of kind of the the criticism from fans and stuff. But really, like, when you're only scoring one, two, three runs in those games, like, really, the offense is, should come under more criticism than they had been. I mean, we talked about we talk about them individually as struggling, but really, I think that. You know, those struggles reflect in a team that struggles to win those kinds of close games and struggles to obviously win in extra innings when you start with a guy on second and this team just like can't rack up singles. And what's funny is that despite the fact that all these um, the, the these hitting metrics are low, these statistics, the batting averages and things like that, this team still has been leading the major leagues in home runs for for quite a while now. Um, like they've never really had trouble hitting the ball out of the ballpark, but it's like you, when you're only getting like solo homers and just kind of getting this offense that comes here and there in spurts, that's not really conducive for a team that's going to have not just long-term success, but just really be a, a, a nuisance for opposing pitchers over the course of a, of, of a given game, because you're just not getting the base runners. You're not creating that pressure on opposing pitchers. And so I think that that's something that they, you know, it's easy to say, like, they were doing that better against Pittsburgh, but it's not like something that you can just be like, oh, yeah, click it on. But hopefully, it you know, what we saw out of this series is just an indication that some of these guys can get going a little bit more and um, and they can just kind of get back to what they were in previous seasons. Because it does feel like that's 
that really was the strength of the team when they've had these really great offenses in both 2020 and 2019 is they're just constantly putting guys on base, you know, hitting around, um, doing that kind of thing. The the image that comes to mind is, I don't know if you've seen that old Bugs Bunny cartoon where there's just like a a constant, they're playing a baseball game and every time Bugs Bunny throws the ball, there's like a big burly guy at the plate who's just knocking in home runs and they're just <laughs> constantly circling around the bases, just knocking in runs, knocking in runs. And that's what I I remember using that reference in the past when it came to the Braves because it seemed like that's what they would do is you weren't getting the big plays necessarily out of this team, but you were getting constant uh, you know, singles, doubles, guys playing that small ball that scored you runs and to your point of talking about the Braves leading the league in home runs, as of Monday, yes, they lead the league with 78 home runs this season. The next in line behind them is the Oakland A's with 68. The huh, next behind them is the Cincinnati Reds with 67. So, like, you see that gap is pretty big. My concern with that is I'm like, this isn't how the Braves play. And mm. I always get concerned when when it's not an American League team who has that designated hitter who's n- more known for that big power when when you're playing like that and and using the long ball to really move your offense I just don't know how sustainable that is for a National League team that doesn't have a designated hitter right and I think it clearly shows where cool you lead the league by 10 home runs but you are below 500 right. in your record. Like that, those things don't add up. It's it's very odd. Uh, I do want to kind of get back to something that I think is funny. You know, we we joke a lot on here about our influence on the game, as if we have any. But mm-hmm. we you know seem to have magical powers in that we'll talk about a guy performing poorly, and then all of a sudden he puts on. I am curious. What's going to happen with the Dansby Swanson situation where you, Joe Patrick, went on air and oh were like, gosh. it's time to, to it's time <laughs> yeah. to take him out of the lineup. It's time to send him down Orlando to Gwinnett. Yeah. Yeah. See what Arcia <laughs> can do. And then he ends up having three home runs in the Pittsburgh series. Um, hey, I don't is, like I don't like doing this, but sometimes, you know, I just I just have to do it for the good of the team. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which is why, like, it's one of those, you know, let me let me tap my microphone. Freddie Freeman, if you want to start performing well, we'd love to see it, bud. We'd love to see it. Um, but it just, it, I, I am very concerned that, uh, or I am still concerned, because I think that's always been a, uh, a carrying factor for me, that the Pittsburgh series is more of an outlier than a true showing of what this, Braves offense is um it's good for it to happen and I think it's a good time for it to happen specifically when you go to Boston and you go face the Mets Mm -hmm. um those are a couple of places that I mean a it's just hard to play Mm -hmm. against the Red Sox and then b to go face a division opponent and like really need to perform well uh after just a super disappointing series this this past week um or i get maybe two weeks ago um but it's just i don't know it's it's such a weird spot with 
with where they are um and that I don't I don't know who I'm more confident in now the pitching or the Braves offense just because like Braves pitching has in the last week really held it together and and kept this team in some games uh and that includes the bullpen as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it, it it's it's like conspicuous or suspicious when you look at these kind of like a uh, the game logs for the Braves and you just see all of these players start hitting like all at the same time. And it's like, yeah. hmm, is there really like is it is it just by chance that those guys happen to like figure out their swings or start seeing the ball better uh, in a given, you know, at the same time? Or is it because the quality of the opponent, you know, and I think that that's why this or, will be a very interesting week or. <laughs> You know, there there was a guy that I I didn't specifically call for his job, but you know, Seitzer not getting the performance out of the offense. Uh Kevin Seitzer hasn't been there in the last week. Um, not quite a week, because he had hip replacement surgery. And so, like, seriously, want the best for Kevin to get back healthy. They talked about it a little bit on Sunday. However, in my messed up brain, I went, Boo, oh. <laughs> I hmm. oh, okay, okay, I got you. Okay, yeah, so like, you know, it's one of those, hey, <laughs> if we find out in a week, Kevin's back, offense isn't doing as well, I'm not saying, but I'm just, you know, I just, because it will, and, and I will say, like, this is, this is one thing about uh, the Braves offense, is like, when Kevin Seitz was brought in from the Royals, he was known for bringing in that style of small ball of, mm-hmm. you know, the Royals were never known for big home runs, but they were constantly scoring runs. He was known to bring that over to the Braves. And so to not see that this year kind of been one of those like, hmm, not blaming, not blaming, just curious. Yeah, no, I thought you were going to go to the place where like, because, you know, he, we were kind of wondering whether he might be a... uh a domino that would fall uh, is that the, yeah. the the easiest way to the, the most pc way to say it um yeah. if, if if the braves continue to struggle offensively and then uh it's like our curse worked reverse reversal uh on the coaches whereas <laughs> we said that and then he had to have hip surgery yeah well and and i mean when snit and you know and, and i think people don't realize how like real life things affect baseball players like baseball players don't live in a bubble where nothing in their personal life or coaches nothing in their personal life affects them but when snit was talking about the fact that sites has been dealing with this for weeks uh and i i have someone close to me who like who's been dealing with something similar and being in a constant state of pain like you're just not good at mm-hmm. your job, you're not good at your social interactions with Part people. Hard to focus, yeah. Yeah, all of these things get impacted by that. So I'm just, I am curious. I get what you're saying in that now I'm starting to wonder, oh, he had surgery, so we're not going to see him. Like, he's not going to be able to move for six weeks. Um, Huh. <laughs> you know, like, and- I was more thinking the how how that affects the team but i see your point in that that's even easier not having to let a guy go uh that he just needed to go he got to get some surgery well and i mean maybe that kind of um 
shakeup in the way that you know in, in just in the yeah. coaching operations could maybe maybe it was kind of a short term benefit to just kind of get a different sense sense of things because you know from what Brian Snicker was saying is that he's been like he's still been like uh keeping up with the team you know yeah. receiving information via and, and corresponding via email and things like that but just you know you wonder if maybe that was kind of maybe the right kind of magic touch that was needed and and to have somebody else like chipper or or, or some other um you know team staffer to be actually working with the players one-on-one maybe maybe that's you know maybe maybe it's a positive development and when he comes back you know things will be much in much better shape you never know how these things are going to shake out obviously as you say like his health is the most important thing here and absolutely um, sounds like he is doing much better so and it won't be long before he's back so um yeah we'll see we'll see how things go on on that front um one guy who surely has not been struggling with or without him is austin riley uh, you know, it's kind of funny. I can't. I, whenever I see him hitting, I keep going going back to the the preseason show that we did with Andy Bunker, um, kind of the season preview. And he was like one of my bold predictions. As you know, I'm I'm gonna say, well, I'm not not in reference to you. I'm I'm just saying like my I, I, he was like one of my bold predictions as a guy who was going to break out in my personal friend text group. There's like this one guy who just like has it out for Austin Riley and just like always has ever since he went on his cold snap in 2019. Um, and so I felt like for that reason, it was kind of bold for me to come out and say that I thought he was going to hit 30 homers and he may or may not get to that mark. I don't know, but I think that either way, he's, you know, surpassing all of our expectations, even ones I had for him to be able to hit 30 home runs like just blowing that out of the water just with the way he's hitting the ball. I mean, I thought he was going to break out and, you know, his power was going to break out, but really what's most surprising and I think even better than the power breaking out is just like the all-around hitting ability that he's showing. Like hitting the ball to all fields, um drawing walks, you know, really putting in great plate appearances. Um it's like everything that you honestly you, I don't even think you could have hoped for something as good as what we've seen from Austin Riley so far this season. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those, you know, as we started doing these Diamond Player of the Week, you know, Diamond on the Diamond, is, it kind of popped yeah. in my head. Uh, like, he's easily, I, I mean, it's, it's a no-brainer. Like, there are times when you're kind of looking for guys of like, all right, who's really stepped up in the last week? Uh, but for Austin Riley, I mean, it's it's one of those, he's had five home runs in the last week, he hasn't gone without a hit since May 15th. You know, it's just... Um, Insane. Yeah, and, and for you to talk about, you know, having a 30-home run season, like, it's not going to take but a couple more of these, you know, spurts, if you want to call them that, for him to reach that mark. You just kind of hope that it's more consistent, which we've seen as of late. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is. I mean, he is still technically on pace to hit the thirty homers. I mean, he's yeah. got. And if you look at his stretch, the, the the month tear he's on, which is really just like kind of cuts out the first couple weeks of the season. So from April eighteenth to now, which is like five weeks, that's thirty thirty one games he's started nine homers. But again, a four sixty nine on base percentage. He's like mm-hmm. near the the top of the major leagues in on base percentage. Yeah, Austin Riley. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, just a guy who. Yeah. Well, it's one of those a guy who you want to talk about that pre you know that preseason show. I was like super out on Austin Riley, thinking that the Braves really missed an opportunity to use him as trade bait back with the Clevenger deal. 
Mm, you know, yeah. it's just I, I think I always think about that, and now it's like I feel so silly because well, I mean guys- that's a, that's always been the thing with Austin Riley. Like people uh, people haven't been wanting to trade him just because just like get rid of him. Like I, I think clearly it was like you know you could use him because he is such a top prospect to um you know to 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 really bring in a, a proven player. But I mean, thankfully this season he's showing that he is well he is proving himself right now to be one of those guys that you thought he would you would only hope that he would turn into yeah when i think it's interesting too we've got some sound from brian snicker talking about him where because of what he's doing right now and brian snicker seeing that that was a possibility he didn't want to pull him earlier in the season when he went through a lot of struggles but he's done it before in spurts and and all. So like I say, he's still a young guy trying to figure things out and with you know with this experience and and we see what you know. That's the thing I always kept thinking last year. You want to hang with him? You want to hang with him? Because I remember what he did in what was it nineteen or eighteen when he came up and helped us win the division. And um, you just know what the upside is with this guy. And and um, and he always plays defense. So it's just it's interesting that. Like Brian Snickers essentially looking at things a lot like Braves fans were. Yeah, where, yeah no kidding. <laughs> where it was like, I mean, come on, like this is getting bad, but we've seen him get hot before. And so, like, now that we're in the stretch where he's hitting really well, it's like, okay, this is why you, you, you know, you don't yank him and send him to Gwinnett or you don't try to trade him because that ability is there. You just want to get the consistency out of it we've also got some sound from austin riley where part of that consistency is likely coming because he's not just crazy swinging at stuff where he was essentially getting lucky during that rookie uh, stretch it you know it's one of those things where you know you start to kind of figure out how to how to plan a you know a for a pitcher, sort of say, I guess I could say it. You know, it's just like, you know, coming up, I was I was more red, just red hot. You know, it really didn't matter. Now it's, you know, I feel like I'm gonna be able to, you know, maybe sustain it, you know, a little bit longer, just because, you know, I do know how to, I do know how they're pitching me, and I, you know, I have plans to to then attack them as well. I, I love to like hear it, that. Yeah, I feel like it's 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 almost kind of crazy that. To say like he was able to do that stretch without planning against <laughs> right. pitcher, like you know, yeah, he was just he was just feeling himself essentially. Yeah. He was just going up there and yeah. Well, and I think he he there was another part of that interview on Sunday where he said something about the fact that he was just kind of like going up there free swinging, which is why then. After the hot streak came the strikeouts. Mm-hmm. Shocker! And he said he was like, "I'm just." I, he was. He said, I, "I was going up there just trying to pull the ball, just trying to get yeah. and, and just hit homers," <laughs> which he did for a while. Yeah, but but it's like, but much like anything, especially that, in baseball, once they figure you out, then you're you're essentially done for unless you do the planning. And so it's it's almost like it's almost like Austin Riley has gone from that college freshman to the college senior where it's like, oh, you know, I'm not studying. I'm just coming in here on a whim, getting through stuff. And it's like, oh, no, once you start getting to the difficult courses, yeah, you really got to study. You got to, you know, do your job unless things aren't going to work out. And, you know, you're going to be looking real sad on the outside in. 
um, when you can't get any hits. I'm going to continue that analogy in a very weird way. Okay. As a college freshman lighting the sofa on fire, that fire burns hot and goes out quickly as opposed to now he's the senior studying with a nice little candle burning and that yeah. fire can just stay going for a long time, you know. So that, that it's yeah, it it seems like he's in a much more kind of sustainable place. And if he can sustain anything even close to what he's doing right now, he's going to prove himself to not only just be an all-star but be one of the best you know, one of the best third basemen in baseball. I mean, what he's doing right now is is unbelievable. Especially again, I just can't get ri- can't stop thinking about the on base percentage for him. Um, it's just crazy. It, it's crazy to see what he's doing. He's got 38 strikeouts this season, or I'm sorry, not this season. Uh, he's got 38 strikeouts in those last 31 games in that stretch. I was saying from April 18th. So if you just cut out those first two seasons, um, or the, those those first two weeks of the season, yeah. Just night and day difference as as to what you're getting from him, and it, it I mean it's one of those if all it took was doing your homework, some pre planning, then like please by all means continue like I, I I would have to imagine this is the the wake up call of oh yeah it's worth doing your homework because it's paying off, and like you said I mean this is the kind of tear. That makes him an all-star candidate type player. Uh, For sure, and, yeah. And it's, you know, I feel like we keep, the uh, the Braves keep getting all-star caliber players this season, guys performing, and then, like, some massive injury or problem pops up that, like, sucks everything away. So we're at a point where it's just like, I hope this can, can, can continue so that... The Braves do have somebody well, in July. Speaking of all-stars, you know, something that's exciting, and of course, like a teammate's always going to kind of big up his, his, his teammate, right? He's not going to, you know, you're not going to have a teammate that like buries another teammate or anything like that. But it was fun to hear, you know, Ronald Acuna Jr. was asked about Austin Riley earlier, and they, and they those two played together basically throughout all of Ronald's minor league stops, at least. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said he was like, you have not even seen anything. Even still, he's like, this guy's going to be a superstar. So um, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that got my juices flowing a little bit. So, um, yeah, just great to see what Austin Riley's doing right now. It's weird, too, because like you, you mentioned Acuna, and like he's a guy that we haven't, in the last couple of weeks, spent a whole lot of time yeah. talking about. But it's not like he hasn't performed. Like, the... The home runs have definitely been there for him, you know, kind of the the consistency that you're not getting from other other places. Um, is it are we like undervaluing him too much? I think maybe we're I don't even know if like I was going to say underappreciating. I don't even know if yeah. that's the right word either. I mean, everybody obviously appreciates Ron Cunha, but I, I maybe it's like I think what's happened is like his greatness has been normalized so it's like we just you assume that he's going to do the kinds of things that he does um which is be one, the best player or one of the best players in baseball one of the best players of his generation which is incredible um so yeah i think that that maybe has set in but again like some people were getting frustrated with him um because he did go on a small slump after he had that that scare with the ankle and I think it's totally fair for a player, you know, it's something that you should logically expect if a player, you know, 
maybe tweaks his ankle, has to sit out a few games. Maybe, you know, it's naturally going to take him some time to to kind of find his rhythm again. But with Ronald Acuna, it seems like once he finds his rhythm, it's he's just a, a phenom out there. Um, so thankful and thankfully, he has been that guy this year. I it, literally it, Dansby Swanson said this a while back, uh, but he was like, if it weren't for Ronald Acuna being how good he was at the beginning of the season, we could have started that se- the season like two and 11 or something. Uh, yeah, so I was about to say they could bad. be. They could be out of it now, or, yeah. or essentially out of yeah. it now. And and that kind of brings me back to something that I was thinking about earlier. You know, we talked about you talked you mentioned earlier about the Braves being one game under five hundred at this point in the season, but you know they are one game out of first place at the end of tonight. Yeah. If the results go the right way, they could be tied for first place in the NL East, which is kind of crazy. And I mentioned this on Andy and Randy yesterday. It's like if you were just like Will Smith, red flashed. And like you had no idea what happened prior, like you just blank slate. Would you take being one game under five hundred at this point of the season? Of course you would. Like it's not like the it's not the best case scenario for this team so far this season. But you would you you would you would obviously take just being in contention in the NL East at this point in, in the year. And then especially when you add on the context, when you add on the fact that. You know, Mike Soroka hasn't been pitching, and he probably won't pitch this year. You've had all these injuries. You've been missed Max Freed at times. Um, Charlie Morton has not put up the numbers that you know that you would have hoped to have seen from him so far. Though I think he's going to be pretty good. And all the issues that we've already talked about offensively, you take all that in consideration, and the fact that this team is right in it um, and could be in first place at the end of tonight potentially is just pretty staggering. And I think you got to be feeling very, very fortunate if you're a Braves player fan or associated with the team in any kind of way yeah and and that's I think that's why it kind of takes me back to I almost like want to look at myself and be like am I just being too critical of this team because it it could have I mean as much as to this point to be a game below 500 and still like you said winning tonight being able to take back the division like that seems disappointing like it could be so much better but then it's like you know is is that just being too critical when there have been a handful of other teams we expected to be much better who have it and so like kind of well don't don't get too greedy kind of like take what take you know take what's being given to you kind of deal it it really does kind of put me in a weird spot especially when you know, we did this in 2020 with the injuries and the things that have popped up. And it was like, man, to get to where this team finished was impressive based on everything they had to go through. And I feel like we're kind of reaching that point again, where it's like, man, to go through everything they're going through and to also get some luck along the way. Like, I, I mean, there is there's no denying what's going to happen this week where the Braves don't need a fifth starter until, uh, is it June June yeah. 1st or June 2nd? Yeah. I think will be the first time that they need a fifth starter. And if there was ever a time that the Braves, <laughs> like the fact that you are, you know, you're, you're starting Bryce Wilson, uh, you know, and... I don't, it just seems like we're Tucker in that Davidson, point. Yeah, I mean, like, you're, the, you're in a place right now where your fifth starter is just kind of a... Not even a solid. It's not like no. the same guy. It's just you're probably going to be recycling through a couple, two or three different options. Yeah, and so to be at that point, but also be able to like 
potentially take back the division. Um, yeah. It al- it almost makes me kind of reevaluate the like. I'm, am I just being too critical? Or- I, don't, I, I don't think you are. I mean, like I think that you know what the thing is. If we were to talk on April first, and you were to say on May twenty fifth, the Braves are going to be one game under five hundred, you wouldn't like that, and you'd no. probably think, oh, okay. At that point, we're probably five games out of first, six games mm-hmm. out of something like that. But the fact that the division has shaped up the way it has, I think, is just is very fortunate for the Braves this year. And, um, you know, if you can kind of take it as a clean slate from here on, it's not like this team needs to go on a Washington Nationals type run from here on out in order to make the playoffs with the way that yeah. the division is shaken up. All they have to do is be the best team in the division basically from here on out, which is, you know, may- maybe that will take a Washington Nationals type run. I don't know for sure, but. Um, you wouldn't. It didn't. Doesn't seem like it's going to go that way. And I think that just in general, it probably is shaping up the way that a lot of us would have thought, which is a lot of competitive teams in this division. And while these teams' records may not reflect at the end of the year how good they actually are, just because of you know it's just going to be a tight battle uh, all the way through with a young, a young dynamic Marlins team with good arms, this Mets team that's been revamped. It's kind of fun. The Nationals are going to be the ones who, you know, maybe they fall out of it. They're they're kind of the clear laggards of the group. And you wonder, you know, they have some pieces that they might be able to, to flip to, you know, they might be a seller at the deadline, but but we'll see. But I mean, generally, you got to be positive at this point if you're the Braves. Well, that's what's so weird is I feel like two weeks ago, I was looking at this Braves team being like, this isn't the type of team that's going to be buyers at the deadline, but now, even even though you know you you get three out of the Pirates, you're still looking at the record and you're looking at where the team is in the division and being like, they should be buyers mm-hmm. at the deadline, which yeah. is just bizarre. I know uh, we were. It, I was at like DefCon two, like like two weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking like, oh my gosh, the season. They're like, you know. There are and long I think shots that, to make the playoffs. And I think that's what's so frustrating about this team is that if we're honest, too, you know, we, what, the Red Sox, the Mets, the Nationals, the Dodgers coming up here in this next stretch, in two weeks, it's potentially possible we're back talking about how, oh, man, yep. this team, you know, is is losing, I don't know, has lost six games and... Mm-hmm you know, or, or out of things and all these other kinds of issues because uh, it, it's just that weird point of I mean, the season. It's, it's just, it's on, it's on, it's like on a, on a tipping point right now. It's like, it yeah. can go one way or the other, you know? Um, but yeah, and that's why I think that I'm really looking forward to this week in general, just to watch this team, because I think it will be very instructive in whether it, um, backs up a lot of the good points we were talking about of what this team did versus the Pirates or whether the Pirates were just kind of a blip where the team was able to capitalize on a weak opponent. I think that this week will tell us a lot about what we've seen, honestly. And, you know, for that reason, it's kind of funny, like, you know, when I go on radio hits and stuff, it's like the common question and and you hear it in in press conferences, too. It's like, is this the is this the catalyst that will will, that will set the team off on a run? It's you, you never know at the moment you can look back and kind of maybe make those determinations, but it's really impossible to tell right now. So it'll be interesting to see how this team performs this week. Yeah. And I think to kind of, uh, to kind of wrap up one of the things that Austin Riley did point at, and I'm always, always, always thankful when I hear a player 
who is being asked about all of his accomplishments in the moment, finish with, but we fully understand the work is not done yet. Mm-hmm. Like this yep. isn't this isn't the best I want to be playing this season. I want to continue this run. And that's what we want to see out of this entire team. Like you said, as we head into this is a very strange week. The Braves having two days off this week. Yeah. Um, getting a two game series against the Red Sox where I'm obviously more comfortable with this game tonight than I am tomorrow where you get Charlie Morton tonight, Drew Smiley tomorrow, uh, and then start a three-game series against the Mets that kicks off with Ian Anderson, who's continued to be the model of consistency and look great as a starter so far this season. Yeah, and uh, and, and by the way, I would also say, talking about another starting pitcher, Charlie Morton, the team is like totally convinced that he's like about ready to just go on an absolute tear in term and and that he's been incredibly unlucky so far this season so yeah. i am also interested in that there was a game recently where snit was like he he admitted to, to reporters in a press conference afterwards he was like i thought he was gonna throw no hitter after the first i inning. remember yeah and i think he ended up giving like up four runs or something in that game but um that like that's how good the stuff that's how impressive his stuff is to these guys when they see it so and i think you know i think dave o'brien was talking about this on a podcast recently where um he was looking at the spin numbers on charlie morton and it's like nobody in baseball spins it harder than charlie morton and so especially when you look at his career like he'll if he can still spin it like this he should definitely play another season i was figuring this would be his last season just kind of wrap up his career back in atlanta but if you can still make money, you should do it, man, <laughs> for sure. Uh, and I will, I'll just wrap up by saying this. Isn't this the, kind of the time where it feels like the Braves normally go on a run? I feel like it's like, I feel like throughout when I, like growing up, especially living through the 90s, I always felt like the Braves would go on runs in like end of May, June, like that, like when the weather started heating up, I feel like that's really when they found their form. And that's when, that's when they went on a run in 2019. So um, we'll see, we'll see what happens here. Um, but Certainly, if they are going to go on a run, you know, that series against the Pirates is one way to start it. Yeah, we will have to see how things turn out. Uh, Like I said, as we see Boston for a couple of games this week, uh, then the Mets, and then before we are back, uh, day after Memorial Day, um, the Braves will be in the middle of a series against the Washington Nationals. So a lot of things on the line for the Braves, and we could feel much better or back to feeling worse about this team kind of the roller coaster who knows where we'll be back in a week when we meet again thank you everybody for uh watching on facebook live batter up or of course you can always catch us uh, the podcast will get posted on odyssey or wherever you listen to podcast just search batter up for joe i'm caleb thanks for listening in to batter up this week This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.